Transmitter device activated. Coordinate set for Earth 2. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Earth 2 podcast, your weekly podcast that explores the origins and development of the DC Comics multiverse and the legacy of their Golden Age characters through the Silver and the Bronze Ages of comics. I'm Peter Watson. And I'm David Steele. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us. I think I said this in the last episode. We haven't recorded for a very long time. We haven't, no. <laughs> so we're probably going to see this quite a lot, listeners, over the next few episodes as, as they're released as the crow flies, but not to worry. Listeners, welcome back. As I say, this week we're doing another flashback episode. Mm-hmm. But this is, a, this is one that's actually scheduled mm-hmm. because DC Comics flashback themselves in real time at this point. This is one that's been on the schedules for ages because it's it's a reprint of a story. We are reading this week a story that, on our timeline, was published in issue 234 of Strange Adventures. And that was released on the 25th of November, 1971. Obviously, you'll note, two days after the 8th anniversary of Doctor Who. And a mere 17 days before the birth of Johnny Dean of Menswear. There you go. Our first menswear yes. date reference. Fantastic. Yes. So we're a couple of weeks away from a member of menswear existing in real life. So there you go. <laughs> For all you Britpop crossover DC Comics fans out there, etc. Strange Ventures 234. At this point, Strange Ventures is 52 pages, don't take less. Not long after its glorious 64-page chunky sort of incarnation, it's operating very much like its sister title at this period, From Beyond the Unknown, in that it's reprinting lots and lots of classic DC sci-fi stories. Mm -hmm. And it's also operating, and it has been for a while now, as a rolling reprint of The Adventures of Adam Strange. Yeah character whose adventures originally appeared in Mystery in Space. Now, this issue of Strange Adventures 234 reprints a story that was originally in issue 74 of Mystery in Space, and that was published originally on the 18th of January 1962. So, if you're reading along at home and you have a copy of Strange Adventures 234, you can read it from that, or if you have a copy of Mystery in Space 74, you could read it from that. There's probably an Adam Strange Omnibour or Essential or an Archives as well. I'm sure that it's probably got it. We haven't checked, yes. So, in a slight twist on what we normally do, Peter's going to tell you about the cover of Mystery in Space, issue 74. It's a startling, striking cover. We have Mm. a plain green background. We have a futuristic cityscape in the background as well. And we have what appears to be two Adam Stranges, both pointing guns at each other. Gosh. And Alana from RAN, she is holding up a handkerchief. And it looks like she's going to drop it. And she says... Each of them claims to be the real Adam Strange. And they insist on fighting a duel to settle the issue. Crikey. And the text says... A double-length Adam Strange thriller. The spaceman who fought himself. Yes, it's great. It's very crisp and clear and Carmine. There's no other Very Carmine Infantino. A futuristic cityscape in the background from Carmine here. Like massive, massive, huge dead green space. Mm. uh, Popping against the... Purple Mystery in Space logo. It's very gorgeous. striking. It's lovely. David, would you like to tell us about the cover to the reprint in oh, Strange Adventures? Here's fun. Yes. It's a sort of muddy green border. Mm-hmm. The DC Strange Adventures logo in the top left-hand corner. No real DC bullet at this point or anything. It's a little atom with it looks like a spaceship flying through it. The Strange Adventures logo, the emphasis on strange mm-hmm. in bold yellow and black against this muddy green. And there's a main central cover image which is drawn by Joe Kubert. Oh, nice. And it shows a man in his underpants or his swimming trunks. He looks very much like the man from Atlantis, it must be said, <laughs> standing inside a large ice cube by the looks of it. And okay. There's a temperature gauge attached to it. 
marked out in centigrade, which is charming. Yes. It looks though like it's reading minus 250 degrees, and as <laughs> a, a bespectacled scientist with condensation coming out of his mouth because it's so cold, wearing a fur parka, and he's operating some equipment, and the man inside this ice cube is sort of attached to a speaker grill microphone, and he can be heard saying, Colder! Colder! Freeze me at absolute zero, or I'll die! Yes, and down the left of the, the page, we have a selection of some of the content. So this, obviously, this image is referring to a story called The Human Icicle. Mm. A legacy character, perhaps, of the Golden Age villain. Ooh! Hmm. Should we do an episode on Icicles? We could ever think about it. <laughs> what other random legacy episodes do we have planned, <laughs> listeners? Just you wait. Oh, yes. Um, underneath the, the Human Icicle, we have a caption that says, The Star Rovers wonder... Where is the paradise of space? Now, there must be several of those. The next bit of text tells us there's a story called The World That Vanished. Oh, yes. And then we have another little bit of text that says Adam Strange. We have a headshot of the aforementioned archaeologist, space-travelling superhero. And underneath him, another caption that says The Spaceman Who Fought Himself. There we are. So, so he's not the cover feature on that issue. He's not the cover That's feature. That's a shame. But what's interesting is this whole period, like, it's just after the Dead Man stories had finished, mm-hmm. is that it's turned over to an Adam Strange rolling reprint book. And quite a lot of them have new covers for the Adam Strange stories, but quite a lot of them also have these other new covers which are highlighting the other reprints contained within. I've got a full run of the Adam Strange reprint series of Strange Adventures, and they're just amazing. These brilliant little, just short sort of Outer Limits, Twilight style, you know, Uh little sci-fi stories. Mm -hmm. Excellent toilet reading, I always call them. (laughs) You know. I mean, those those reprints kick off with that striking cover of Adam Strange flying right out the cover, aren't you? It's it's phenomenal. Some 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 great stuff. Yes, the human icicle, we're told, just if you're wondering, Art was by Carmen Infantino, mm-hmm. and it was originally printed in Strange Adventures number 53 back mm-hmm. in February 1955, if you want to go and check it out. Yes. Peter, I think we should have to, I think we'll have to do some investigating on... On the icicles. On the icicle. Maybe mm. we'll do that as a really short legacy episode. We'll do that do. story just before the next time the icicle appears in the main continuity, because he's an issue of JLA, isn't he? Yes, uh-huh, that's true. Um, that's true. Mm. That references the whole Earth 2 thing, so maybe we'll think about that. Watch out for that one in the future. So anyway, right, back to it. Because we've been rabbiting for an hour and a half before we even started recording this morning. <laughs> At least, we haven't yes. seen each other for a couple of weeks properly yeah. and we've lots to catch up on. But before we jump into the story, Peter, can you remember when you first encountered Adam Strange? Oh, good question. Uh, I think it was in a British reprint annual that reprinted DC Comics Presents number three. Right. I think which had a Superman team up uh-huh. and did the whole teleporting worlds of exchanging uh, Ran and Earth. Sure. If I recall correctly, which is... A really good story. Was it? I think it might have been Garcia Lopez through that. It's a really early one, I think, isn't it? Like yeah. Issue three or four or something. Yeah, issue it? three, I think yeah. it was. But yeah, I think that was the first time I came across him. Uh, what about yourself? I can't remember. Ah. I remember like that late 92, early 93 period when I was becoming a hardcore DC guy and mm-hmm. getting the Secret Origins issue that he shared oh, with right. Doctor Occult and yes. reading, reading uh-huh. the retelling of his origin and that, which is phenomenal. Really, yeah. really well done. I can't remember. I remember him popping up in Crisis. I remember him mm. being in issues of JLA. I always thought he was a bit. I mean, I like him now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I collected a full set of the you know the Strange Avengers reprints. I always thought he looked a bit, a bit daft. <gasps> but that's obviously because he was, you know, his <laughs> stylings were very retro by that point. You know? Well, I think Adam Strange has got one of the best costumes in comics. It's up there with the Silver Age Flash and the, mm. the Silver Age Jet Atom. It's it's one of the classic, it's classic very, looks. It's very of its time. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, he, he still pops up regularly now. And obviously there was that series also called Strange Adventures. Uh-huh. The Tom King one. The Tom King was, one recently. Yeah. 
which I still haven't finished. It's very good. Yeah. Featuring Mr. Terrific, of course. Uh-huh. It's been slightly modified, his look, I think, you know. Yeah. But it's still, the, mm-hmm. the, the gist of it's there. No, I can't I can't remember the first time I properly encountered or registered Adam Strange. Oh, well. Not to worry. So, listeners, if you can remember when you first encountered Adam Strange, let us know after you've listened to the episode. So, reading from Strange Adventures 234, published November 71, reprinting a story from Mystery in Space 74, originally published in January 1962. We begin with a large Adam Strange logo and a text caption box that says... Adam Strange, that traveller from Earth to the planet Ran of the star sun Alpha Centauri by means of a teleportational Zeta Beam, is called upon to face the oddest battle of his life. He must fight a duel to prove his own identity. Yet, if he wins this duel, he will unwittingly aid an alien race to conquer his adopted planet. And we are reminded that the story is called... The The Spaceman Who Fought Himself. In the reprint, a tiny caption tells us the story is by Gardner Fox. The art is by the dream team of Carmine Infantino and Murphy Anderson. Mm -hmm. And this opening splash panel shows an Adam Strange flying in on his little rocket pack and firing a gun, which is blasting little circles of blue light towards another Adam Strange who's down on the ground. And to the right of the panel is Adam's main squeeze, Alana, and she's exclaiming, Which is the real Adam Strange? The winner of the duel or the loser? And in the time-honoured Silver Age tradition, after we've had that set-up splash panel, we now turn to the first story page proper, which takes us back a little bit in time before we got there. On the planet Ran, Alana of Ranagar is setting out to meet her interplanetary sweetheart, Adam Strange of Earth. Yes, Alana's mooching along. Some extravagant-looking trees and things ranged around her. We're not going to highlight every single reprint difference mm-hmm. but it's worth noting the reprint the strange adventures the sky behind her is a pale yellow whereas it's a sort of purpley, purpley yeah. yeah shade in the original so that's mm-hmm. interesting alana is deep in thought adam isn't due to arrive and ran for another hour but i mustn't be late when he gets here i can hardly wait to tell him about the celebration in his honor as she steps from her house to the street she is startled to see yes a familiar to her looking figure walking towards her along the street and alana thinks why it's adam but the Zeta Beam isn't due to strive for close to an hour. Then she speaks to this chap in panel three, saying, Adam, darling, what are you doing in Ranagar so early? And in that strange outfit? She pointed out he's wearing a sort of purple jumpsuit. It doesn't look Mm -hmm. like the normal Adam Strange uniform. Alana continues, How did you get here? Is it possible you have found a way to travel without the Zeta Beam? Listeners, if you're not familiar with the Zeta Beam, don't worry. We'll explain as we go. And then this figure, who looks like Adam Strange, replies... Kitar, Frendo, Metz, Ardo, Penolar. Now, this isn't the old Zatanna trick of, of it being backwards. It just seems to be... Gibberish. George Lucas-style gibberish. Mm. Interesting. Caption for the next panel. Doubt touches the tense features of the pretty girl. Yes, as Alana reaches up to touch the face of this Adam Strange looky-likey, as she says, Speaking an alien language? Adam, what's happened to you? You'd better come along with me so I can use the Mentisizer on you. And there's a little asterisk at Mentisizer, and a footnote tells us... A remarkable device which enables one to learn the Ran language in a matter of moments. Similar to drinking the ooze in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Yes. Which I really uh-huh. enjoyed. Indeed. Or putting a Babelfish in Did you enjoy ear. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania? Yes, I certainly did. It well, was uh, go, lots of fun. It was yes. great, yes. There we go, listeners. This weirdo 20 Adam Strange then replies... Kendall, Gamoro, Fron, Jaster, Adam? Interesting. 
wonder if it's possible to translate if you sat down and worked it out. Anyway, <laughs> caption for panel five. At this very moment on Earth, Adam Strange is battling a path through a Pacific typhoon. Yes, Adam's flying through a dark, stormy sky, and he looks down and sees a very small boat, and he thinks, An outrigger, Vinta, caught by the storm. It'll capsize at any second. If I try to save it, I may be too late to contact the Zeta Beam. Gosh, capture for panel six. Swooping low across the tumbling waves, he jets for the tiny craft. As he soars overhead, Adam thinks, I don't have any choice. The saving of a human life is more important than going to Ran. And we get a close shot in the foreground of this panel, looking very late era Carmine, actually. Mm-hmm. This character could have walked out of an early 80s Carmine comic. This person who's operating the boat looks up and cries, It must be Great Mai. Come to save me. And another footnote tells us that Maui is the legendary folk hero of the Polynesian people. Well, there we go. You live and you learn. The first caption for page three. Jetting a course through the storm at top speed, he soon pushes the Vinta up on the sands of a Pacific island. Yep, lots of see what you see captioning going on here because it's by Gardner and it's from ages ago. So <laughs> just bear with us as Adam shoves the boat onto the beach, he thinks... If the girl claims Maui saved her, nobody will pay serious attention to her description of a flying human who saved her, and my secret identity will be safe. Fantastic. The next panel shows Adam again flying out over the stormy sea as a caption says, Turning, he hurtles at full speed through the mighty typhoon. And as he flies over the water, he thinks, Maybe if I go fast enough, I can keep my rendezvous with the Zeta Beam. Gosh. And then, as he has so often in the past, the young Earth archaeologist makes contact with the teleportational beam from the planet Ran to be hurled across 25 trillion miles of space to the third planet of the star sun, Alpha Centauri, where lives his sweetheart Alana of the city of Ranagar. Peter's earning his money today, listeners, isn't yes. he? It's a great panel then of Adam just being struck by the Zeta beam. It's the great romantic heart of the Adam Strange stories, isn't yeah, it? It's uh-huh. the Zeta Beam and wearing mm-hmm. off and having to meet certain destinations and compass points in Earth so it yes. struck again. Uh-huh. It's fascinating. It's it's very, very effective. Mm-hmm. It would make a smashing film. It really it's... would. Anyway, caption for panel four. But this time, as he sets foot on his adopted planet, there is no Alana to welcome him. Yes, he's landed in a very grassy, farmy looking area in this panel. He's walking along and Adam is thinking, She'd surely be here to meet me. Unless... Great Centauri, don't tell me another menace has struck Ran while I was gone. Oh gosh, hopefully not. Caption for the final panel of page three. Somewhat later, as Alana is fitting the menticizer about the head of the man she believes to be Adam Strange. In the foreground of the panel, we can see this new Adam Strange with a metal band fitted round his head. And Alana is about to obviously carry some sort of operation out, but she whirls as the real Adam Strange arrives in the doorway. Alana says... While you wear this, you not only learn our language, but... Adam? Oh my goodness! Are there two of you? Alana, who's he? Caught up in the powerful arms of the true Adam Strange, Alana loses all her doubts. Yes, we've arrived at the top of page four now. Alana and Adam embrace as she says, Oh, well you're Adam all right, but who's this other Adam? That's what I want to know. Caps for panel two. After the menticizer has been adjusted... Yes, the new Adam is still sat down, looking very quiet and restrained. Our Adam and Alana are standing over him. Alana's saying, You know our language now, thanks to the menticizer. Who are you? Where do you come from? He doesn't answer, but I know he can speak. I heard him. She turns to Adam in the next panel. We can see that she's holding another metallic band in her hand. And she says, 
These improved mentisizers will enable us to communicate telepathically with him. The old-style mentisizers, one of which I placed on you when you first landed on Ran, a footnote tells us that this story was reprinted in Strange Adventures 217. Or Showcase 17, Secret <laughs> of the Eternal City. Awesome. Alana continues, one of which I placed on you when you first landed on Ran would not. Let's try them. So obviously they've improved mentisizers and what they can do and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Caption for the next panel. Suddenly, the false Adam Strange begins to telepath his thoughts. Yes. I was hoping you'd suggest that. My name is Horton Var. In my world, in another dimension, I'm as great a hero as you are in Ran, Adam Strange. And we get a nice Carmine-style panel here where the, the caption box sort of bleeds out of a side view of Hortan War's head. Mm-hmm. His flashback narration continues. Also a noted scientist, I invented a teleport machine with which to dispatch the evil warlords of my Kai people out of our dimension and into yours. And we get a shot of him standing in front of what looks like a kind of egg-shaped one-man version of a Legion time bubble or yeah, something uh-huh. that Rip Hunter might have conjured up. Mm-hmm. And we see Hortan Var saying, Our people have fought many wars and always conquered. Now it is time for peace, but... The warlords won't let us rest. Exposed by a spy, I was sentenced by the Tribunal of Warlords to my doom. This final panel of page four shows Hortan standing before this Tribunal of of Warlords. They're all older-looking men wearing kind of orangey jumpsuits. And one of them, who looks very much like the actor George Baker, is saying, Ever since our scientists shot a missile into our sun to make us all immortal, none of us can die. Therefore, Hortan Va, we sentence you to travel into another dimension, where you shall remain... In exile. That's all very 60s Doctor Who, isn't it? Mm-hmm. A missile into our sun to make us all immortal. Interesting concept. Should we try that after we finish? Let's I do that. Do we yeah. want to, I don't know if I can be bothered being immortal at this point. <sighs> anyway, so we arrive at the top of page five. Horton's narration continues. However, before I was placed in the glass capsule which brought me here, I was bathed by a moo radiation which turned me into a living television station. Wow! Peter, if you were a living television station, <laughs> what programmes would you show exclusively? It would just be repeats. Yeah. Just, just of, repeats example, of, of Grange Hill, Cracker Jack, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Right. And perhaps even Knight Rider. Oh. Did you know that Brandon Peters is doing Knight Rider on this podcast at the moment? I did, did not I know that, this? no. He's doing bite-sized chunks weekly on a Wednesday when him and Tony are doing like the reviewing the first series. And I haven't consciously given thought to Knight Rider in decades, but it's very enjoyable. <laughs> so you should check that out. And so should you, listeners. I would have repeats on a loop of The Incredible Hulk and Colchat the Night Stalker and mm. Doctor Who from when it was good. There we are. Yeah. We can tune into each other's stations. I know. It'd be like a very Dave Steele version of Talking Pictures TV. <laughs> anyway, so we see Hortan basically stretched out on a table and there's all sorts of lights blasting energy at him. And I must say, in the original, it's a lot more effective than it is in the reprint. There's a yeah. bit of a starker difference between the, the colours, between oh, the, yes. the background and yes. the, the beams of energy. Mm-hmm. So as Hortan is being blasted, he's being watched over by a couple of the warlord scientist-type guys. And the George Baker guy is saying, The Mu, spelled M-U, radiation will let us see and hear what happens to you in the other dimension. Caption then for panel two. Then the glass capsule was activated and I was teleported from my own world to yours in the wink of an eyelid. Yes. And it's not clear if this is panel showing the capsule leaving or arriving, but there's a blast of golden energy coming down from the, the night sky, striking the capsule, and it's certainly translucent, so it's either fading out or fading in. There's a nice ripply flashback effect for the next panel as Horton continues. 
After freeing myself from the capsule, I began walking aimlessly till I reached the city of Renegar. And we get a nice close-up of him looking very Carmine indeed in panel 4. We can see his headband as he continues to communicate telepathically with Adam and Alana as he's saying, Since my people can see what we do or hear what we say, only our thoughts are secret from them. I'm afraid, now that they have learned of the existence of your world of Ran, they'll try to conquer it. I could go back to my world to fight the warlords. But they'd see me coming and would only teleport me to another part of your dimensional universe, where I would die since I would no longer be affected by our immortalizing sun. Interesting, that's quite a dilemma. Adam pipes up with... Wait, I'm getting an idea. I look enough like you to be your twin. Suppose I were to go to your Kai world instead of you, to fight your battle against these warlords. Horton replies... If only you could, I'm sure you'd win. Then Adam says in the next panel... But before I do, Horton Var, you have to die. Adam, exclaims Alana. How can you even say, I mean, think such a thing? We get a nice exterior shot of whatever they are on Ran in the next panel, as Adam continues from inside. Our first job is to fool the Kai warlords into thinking Horton Var is no longer a threat to them. If they see me kill him, say, in a duel, they won't be expecting me in his place. To which Horton replies, Great idea! And to make sure our enemies know what's happening, I'll occasionally throw in a few words of my own language, so in time they'll comprehend the Ran language. Listeners, I'm losing the plot already. Gosh, it's very convoluted. Yes, okay. Caption for panel four. Soon after, in order to deceive the Kai warlords, Adam and Horton Var engage in a little bit of play acting. Yes, and we see that Horton is now dressed identically to Adam. They're both wearing the familiar red outfit with the little fin and the jetpack, and Horton is saying... Now that the two of us are alone, I'll confess my scheme, Adam Strange. I've lost my own world, so I mean to take your place here. Adam replies, You scoundrel! And then Horton says in the next panel, Alana gave me this uniform because she knows I'm the real Adam Strange. And Adam replies, You're a weak imitation of the real thing and I'll prove it. And Alana, who's arrived in this very confusing scene, <laughs> says... Stop! Both of you! This is dreadful! Uh, pure is it, Lana? Uh, we're, we're lost, <laughs> quite frankly, already. Final panel then of page six is captioned. Still acting, still pretending, so as to fool the watching, listening Kai Warlords. Of course, they're acting up, aren't they? To, yes. Or are they? Mm. Uh, Alana says, The celebration in Adam Strange's honour tonight can't have two honoured guests. <sighs> There's only one thing to do. It's our custom when any dispute arises to duel to the death over it. And then Adam and Horton say at the same time, That That suits me fine. Awesome. Peter's good at this, isn't he, listeners? (laughs) Do you you know how he managed that? I'm not going to tell you. (laughs) Anyway, we're now at the top of page seven. Caption for the first panel there says, And so, shortly, on the great plain of Ranagar. And this is a great panel, because it's that thing that happens occasionally which delights me and lets me post tweets, because this panel looks very, very like the front cover, so that's joyous. We can see... Adam standing with his gun raised and Horton standing with his gun raised and both wearing the Adam Strange outfit and Alana standing between them with her handkerchief raised and she says each of them claims to be the real Adam Strange and they insist on fighting a duel to settle the issue and the caption for panel two says the instant Alana drops her handkerchief yes but she does in the foreground the two Adams take to the air and our Adam thinks Alana only spoke those words to convince the Kai warlords this duel was on the up and up the caption then for panel three. After Adam triggers his powerful ray gun at his double in a burst of deadly neutra beams, 
He dodges a return blast of explosive rays. Yes, that's exactly what's happening in the panel, clearly. Neutrobeams uh-huh. <laughs> and explosive rays. Yes, we can see someone firing and someone firing back. Very exciting. Capture for panel four. To avoid the accurate ray fire of the true Adam Strange, Horton Var dives into a rock tunnel. We can see him flying into a cave mouth type, and Adam, firing after him, says, Hiding won't do you any good. Caption for the final panel on page seven. And when the false Adam emerges on the other side... Yes, we see him emerging indeed from the cliff. Oh, and we're back to the, the opening splash panels events now. Adam, up in the air, fires his gun, which creates a little blue rings of energy, and he says... You forgot that I know the planet ran like a book. Yes, and the circles of blue energy circle and surround Horton down the ground who exclaims, and we arrive at the top of page eight. Caught by these lethal blue ratty rings, Horton Var plummets to the ground. In the foreground of the panel, Horton's on the ground. Adam's alighting in the background as Alana runs towards the fallen Horton, saying, Oh, which is the real Adam Strange? The winner or the loser? She's caught up to Horton in panel two, examines him, and says, Horton Var is dead, Adam. And Adam, with a serious face, thinks, Those moo radiations which enabled the Kai Warlords to see and hear everything we did have died with him. Now we can go ahead with our plan without the Warlords tuning in on us. Caption for panel three. Soon after, in a small Renegarian laboratory, Adam Strange steps into the Dimensi Porter, invented by Horton Var, and manipulates its control. Yes, you see him hunched down in a small egg-shaped time bubble. Alana waves and says, Good luck, darling! Good luck! The caption for the final panel on page eight says... In the next instant, as Adam presses down the activating lever, he finds himself transported through space to... Yes, we see the the time egg, as it were, in the middle of a broad, desolate landscape with a very apocalyptic-looking sky, and Adam exclaims, Why, this can't be the Kai world! This is a dead planet! Barren! Lifeless! And a caption now says, in the mystery in space... The story continues in third page following. In the reprint of Strange Adventures, it says, story continues in the next page following. And that's not all that's different. On the Strange Adventures reprint, underneath that, there's an advertisement for issue 145 of Jimmy Olsen, um, the Brigadoom issue. I can't remember if I had that house ad when we did that episode. I don't think I did. I'm quite mm. annoyed now I might miss that. <laughs> Mystery in Space, however, bottom of this page is rounded out with advertisements for Justice League issue 10 featuring the fantastic fingers of Felix Faust. Amazing. And what looks to be 128 of Strange Adventures, but that features a story called The Secret of the Dinosaur Skeleton. Gosh. Man, I want to do a Strange Adventures podcast. I really, really do. The opposite page in Mystery in Space has a full page advertisement for that month's issues of Green Lantern and The Flash. There's Mm -hmm. Hal standing in front of it was actually story The Strange Trial of Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. Some brilliant-looking other GLs there. Yeah. And issue 127 of The Flash. So we're not too far after Flash of Two Worlds at this point. That's true, yes. Very interesting. Adam Strange of Two Worlds. I think that's actually the first cover appearance of Gorilla Grodd. Yeah. One of the ones I think we posted as mm-hmm. Grodd supplementary material quite recently. Yeah, Barry getting zapped by Grodd. That's fascinating. House ads are amazing. Yes. Listeners, you should always check out our socials because I try to post every house ad that I find that's relevant to the comics that we're covering. <laughs> Not as many as I'd like at the moment. They get a bit of a dry patch in the early 70s. But there have been one or two recently that are definitely worth checking out. So we turn the page and we arrive at the top of story page nine. And the caption tells us that this is... The, the Spaceman Who Fought, fought himself, himself, Part 2. two. And the caption 
for the first resumed story panel says, Stunned by what happened, the Earthman feverishly struggles with the Dementia Porter controls when... Yes, it's another wide shot of the desert landscape. Adam's inside the time egg, and he says, I must have misunderstood Horton Var when he explained how to work the teleporter controls. And there's a weird sort of burst of golden energy in the sky floating towards him. Is that how you would describe it? Yep, it's not really so. It's, it's a bit clearer in the original than it is in the, the reprint. But a jaggedy speech bubble is coming from it, and a voice is saying, You are trapped here, Adam Strange. The fuel cylinder was exhausted, taking you to dead Marigol. What's that? I, I don't understand. There is no dimensional world of Kai. No warlords, no plot to exile Hortan Var into your dimension. It was all a big lie to get you off the planet Ran. Adam emerges from the egg-shaped time bubble dimension device in the next panel. Stands as this disembodied voice from the sky continues. For many months we have studied Ran, intending to attack it. We are a group of professional warriors travelling through space, looting planets. But when we saw how you always overcame any threat to Ran, we decided to get you out of the way before attacking. By chance, one of our warriors, Horton Var, looked like your twin. He was given the mission to land on Ran in the teleport machine and tell you that wild story which you swallowed. Swallowed? Hook, line and sinker! Yes, Adam sat down with his head in his hands here. He's regretting being so naive. The caption for the next panel. Suddenly, the despairing Adam Strange leaps to his feet. Yes, and he points and says, So, everything Horton Var said was untrue. But hear this. When the Zeta Beam wears off, I'll automatically go back to Earth, and from Earth I'll return to Ran on another Zeta Beam and... Come to a dead end. He's cut off by the disembodied voice who continues in the next panel, saying, Since we did not know how often the Zeta Beam brought you to Ran, we needed time to complete our conquest, which is why we sent you here, to this world. And at that, the final panel of page 9 has a sort of ripple effect as we see what's taking place on Ran while this conversation is occurring. We see men in blue suits and white helmets finding other folk who are approaching, and these appear to be the warlords, because one of them is saying, While Adam Strange is stranded Marigold, and while he has to spend some more time on Earth, we'll conquer Ran easily. Gosh! Worth pointing out Strange Adventures 234 at the bottom of this page has a caption that reminds us that there are 16 extra action-packed pages in all DC comics. So, Yay. Tremendous. The narration by this disembodied alien warlord voice continues in the first panel of page 10. After overcoming Ran, we will learn where and when the Zeta Beam will bring you to Ran and station soldiers there to blast you as soon as you appear. So they're obviously thinking ahead to Adam being zapped. That's interesting. This panel shows... A hypothetical image of Adam indeed being fired upon by some of the orange jumpsuited warriors. Mm. The disembodied warlord voice continues in panel 2 of page 10 saying, We will conquer Ran, and you can't stop us. Should you be foolhardy enough to return to Ran, you'll be instantly destroyed. And Adam, with his head in both hands, is thinking, I've lost Alana. I'll never see her or Ran again. And a slow dissolve, caption for panel three. For the next two days, the young Earthman is sunk in gloom, weak from lack of food and water. He waits to be teleported back to his native planet. Then he gets an idea. Yes, Adam's standing beside the 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 time bubble dimension portal device, and he's thinking, I have one chance in a million, but I'm going to take it. And we see Adam reaching out and placing his hands onto the dimension portal. Interesting. The capture for panel four. As the Zeta Beam wears off, he is drawn back to Earth, but 
With him goes the useless teleport machine. And we see that Adam is now standing in a very idyllic looking beach situation. We can see some palm trees and some sand. It looks gorgeous. Some subtle variations in the, the colouring in the reprint in the original. Very interesting. But anyway, Adam is thinking, I'm somewhere in the Pacific. By fastening a tow line to the glass capsule, I can drag it after me until I reach civilization. That's lucky. Caption then for panel four. Within a week, he is using the facilities of an Australian laboratory due to his reputation as an archaeologist. Yes, we see Adam over a laboratory bench, some equipment and dishes and stuff in front of him, and he's thinking, There is just enough sediment left in the fuel chamber of the teleport machine to enable me to analyse it and make a new fuel cartridge. Gosh! Listeners, I hope you're keeping up. This is an epic caption name for panel five. And so, a few days later, having inserted a new fuel cartridge into the fuel chamber, he activates the teleport machine once more. I like the truck driving away in the background <laughs> of this panel. Yes. It's blue in the reprint, and it's sort of white in the original. Yeah. Mm-hmm. White van man. Yep. So, in the midst of this vast spread of sand, we can see the little egg-shaped dimensional portal device, and Adam's inside it, thinking... I came far enough out in the Aranta Desert so no one could see me when I leave for Ran. And then the caption for the final panel of page 10 says, Almost instantly, he teleports himself to the planet Ran. And this is cool because the Dimension Porter has appeared in midair. Mm-hmm. And it's hovering. Actually, now we look at it, it looks so like it does have sort of helicopter rotor blades yes. at the top. So could it fly? Possibly. Wow, that's exciting. It's appeared in midair, and we can see three of the Warlord guys in their orange jumpsuits, and they appear to each to be holding a spade. Are they going to be doing some gardening? <laughs> Adam, as he hovers above them, thinks, There are the Kai warriors, waiting to blast me if I appear on the Zeta beam. They don't know this teleport machine is in working order again. Ah, of course, because they're at the coordinates of where he was expecting. Ah, mm-hmm. see, interesting. Mm. A slow dissolve then as we reach the top of page 11. In the Kai teleporter, Adam jets toward Ranagar, where, under cover of a moonless night... A moonless night, so listeners, spit some of your drink back <laughs> into the glass. No moon is living in the background. Yes. <laughs> no parrots were involved in... <laughs> and now the news for wombats. Anyway... This page, I must say, before we go any further, looks terrific. It's nighttime. Yes. It's very moody, the way that it's almost very toth-like heavy inks over some of the panels. Aha, uh-huh, I can see that, yeah. Listeners, make sure you are reading along because you're you're missing out if you're not. This is mm. gorgeous. Anyway, to get back to the plot, we see Adam emerging from the Dementia Porter. He's obviously taking it to where Alana is. She's silhouetted almost in the doorway, looking very effective. Adam says, Alana, it's Adam. Oh, she exclaims, caption for panel two. As his sweetheart clings to him, the Earthman tells her what has happened. Yes, Alana giving it some straight-to-camera side-eye as Adam smells her hair. Fantastic, how romantic. And she says, But Adam, even with you here, there doesn't seem to be any hope of defeating our conquerors. We get the traditional Carmine headshot as she narrates the next panel, which shows some of the devastation that's been taking place as she's saying, Moments after you teleported off for Margal, the Kai attacked. Their spaceship was plated with super scientific devices, so our weapons would have no effect on it. And we can see the spaceship indeed being fired upon as it also strikes buildings, making them collapse. Alana's narration continues in the next panel. Since resistance was useless, I would involve a heavy loss of life without hope of success. Our commander had to surrender. And we see her commander, being one of the guys in the blue and white outfit, as we saw a couple of pages earlier, handing over his weapon to obviously a senior warlord who's bald with very fancy facial hair. Alana continues in the next panel. 
Since my father had kept Horton Var in the ray lung to maintain his body processes during his death, he was soon restored to life. And we see again some more fancy lights shining on Horton Var, who appears to be emerging from a door, actually, as he says, You treated me well, so your people will not be molested, just so long as they obey our commands. Yes, we can see Alana with her father and a couple of other warlords. We return to Adam and Alana in the final panel of page 11, a more moody, moonless lighting as Adam says, I have a plan to defeat Horton Var and his Kai soldiers, Alana, which requires help from your father and other scientists of Ran. Anything, Adam. Our people will do anything you say, if it will mean our freedom. So we arrive at the top of page 12. In the hidden weapons shops of Ranagar, the great blast furnaces are still at work. The hidden weapons shops of Ranagar doesn't sound like a Chris Chibnall Doctor Who episode, doesn't it? <laughs> Very much so. You see Adam and Alana standing in this weird laboratory furnace situation. There seems to be some kind of weird big furry thing in the background, I don't mm. know. But there's a giant vat in front of them that's having some kind of liquid poured into it. As Adam says... The glass capsule, which was the Kai teleport machine, has now been melted down to a great lens. But what good will that do, Adam? Says Alana, speaking for all of us. <laughs> Adam continues in the next panel. I've also added the original antenna and controls of the capsule, turning this lens into a gigantic teleportation device. My problem now is to lure the warriors from Kai underneath it. Yes, yeah, so it's obviously that must, must have been what was happening in the Great Blast Furnace. The liquid must have been the, the, the melted teleport machine. And they've now... Adam is pointing towards in panel two. It's a large sort of convex, concave sort of... Looks like a giant contact lens, basically, mm. with that's being sort of held up with a couple of handles almost sticking at the side. Yeah. It's being held up by a chain. We might put one of these panels in the socials for the sake of clarity. Mm -hmm. Caption for panel three, then. That night, the lens is secretly carried toward the Great Plain of Camorra. Yes, we see the lens being borne by a couple of chaps in rocket packs. Adam and Alana flying in the foreground, and what looks to be a full moon. Yes, looming in the background. Suddenly looming in the background. So, listeners, you can take some of that drink back again. <laughs> Adam is saying... Now, remember, Alana, at exactly midday, turn on the machine's controls. It'll take five minutes to warm up and go into operation. It shall be done, Adam. Caption in for panel four. Jetting at full speed away from his sweetheart and the mighty lens he has created... The Earthman hurtles toward Ranagar. This is a lovely, moody and exciting panel, which might make it into the socials again. As Adam flies into the sunrise over the city on Ran, it's sublime. Mm. At the very least, I'm hoping Peter will put this in the, Definitely. on Facebook. They might yes. not be room for it on Instagram, but I might get a tweet out of it. As he flies into this beautifully rendered image, he's thinking, Altogether, there are only 40 Kai warriors, though most of them are in Ranagar. Others have scattered about in Ran. I just hope I've allowed enough time for what I have to do. Gosh. And then the final caption for page 12 says, Shortly thereafter, as Adam is sighted by the planet plunderers. Yes, Adam's high up in the air in the distance. In the foreground, a couple of chaps on rocket packs are flying after him. The first one says, Look, it's Adam Strange. After him. How could he have returned to Ran without our knowing it? Up from Renegar and its neighbouring cities come more Kai warriors. Weapons blasting. Yes, a great, very dynamic panel. Adam's flying sort of... It runs the full length, the first panel here. Mm -hmm. Full length of page 13. And it almost looks like it could have been cropped down, but Carmine's amazing the way that Adam is sort of positioned, yeah. sort of right in the middle of it all. Mm -hmm. 
There's a lot of dead space, but at the same time, it feels perfectly balanced. We can see lots more of the bad guys flying in from the bottom, firing at them. As all this is going on, Adam is thinking, I've drawn them all to me. Now I've got to stay alive long enough to get them under that lens at the right instant. Very interesting layout, this page, because with that long panel, it takes up the left-hand side, and then an arrow takes us to the middle three panels, which drop down underneath each other. And another arrow at the bottom takes us to the final panel, which runs the other full length mm -hmm. page 13. So if you haven't got hold of this story already to read it, you really should have by now because it's great. You're missing out. I'm not going to do it justice. So panel two is a caption that says, Darting and dipping to avoid the deadly rays, the RAN champion twists and turns, always moving in one direction. One Direction, of course, with a popular boy band that achieved fame and success through the X Factor talent show on I the see. television. Moving on. And there's another great panel as Carmine excels himself here. Mm -hmm. Adam's in the distance, but there's this amazing crisscross of sort of gun blast effects as he's been fired on by all the Kai warriors. And as he flies away from them all, he's thinking, They're all behind me. Now to head for the plane of Kimura. And to caption them for panel three. Then, at high noon. Yes, with a full blazing sun in the background, Adam being pursued by dozens and dozens of Kai warriors, he dips down and flies away from them in the foreground, thinking, I've got them just far enough behind me. Here's where I begin my five-minute countdown. An arrow takes us to panel three. A caption says, Racing at top speed, flashing above the ground so swiftly that it blurs beneath him, Adam Strange rockets under the great lens. Yes, that's exactly what happens. He flies under it. We see one of the other chaps bearing it above. As he flies underneath, Adam thinks, The invaders won't know what the lens is until it's too late. And then the caption for the final panel of page 13. The 40 mighty space warriors flash under the great lens, intent only on their quarry. Adam, flying at the other side, thinks... Three, two, one, zero. I'm outside the teleportational range of the lens. And over the page, the caption for the first panel, page 14, says... In that instant, the activated capsule glass lens glows to life and hurls its teleportational powers downward. Yep, it's another great CWC caption there, as we see all the, the flying Kai warriors looking very much like dragonflies caught in amber. Mm. As all the energy radiates down over them, off-camera... Adam can be heard. There go the invaders and the teleportational lens, hurled across space to the dead world of Marigal. Gosh. We see Adam and Alana standing together in panel two. Nice epic Carmine background as Adam saying. They'll live out their lives on Marigal, helpless to leave it, for unlike myself, they have no Zeta beam to wear off to remove them from the planet. And the teleporter will run out of fuel when it reaches the dead world. Gosh. That's bleak. Mm. Alana says. You saved Ran once again, darling. And to think I'd actually given up hope. Adam, do you realise what this means? You're coming to Ran in the teleport machine, and not by the Zeta beam? Why, of course! There's no way for me to return to Earth! And in the final panel, as they walk off arm in arm towards Ranagar, Alana says, You'll spend the rest of your days on Ran! Together, it seems too good to be true. And the tiny caption says, The end. The end. And this final panel in the reprint has been expanded to take up the width of the whole page. Mm. There's a further bit of text underneath it in the reprint, but also in the original. There's another little, little box of text, and Peter's going to read the original text to you now. Is it indeed true that Earthman Adam Strange will remain on his adopted planet from now on? Has Earth lost her power to draw one of her favourite sons back across 25 trillion miles of space? 
For the amazing, incredible answers, be sure to reserve your copy of the May issue of Mystery in Space, when Adam Strange will come into contact for the very first time with the Justice League of America. Yes, epic story, the planet came to a standstill. Mm-hmm. I'd love to find a reason for us to do that. Does it involve any other dimensions or... Uh, I can't remember offhand. Me neither. I don't I'm think so. Yonks. Mm. The rest of the page in this copy of Mystery in Space is rounded out with a house ad for a showcase appearance of the Metal Men. Yes. So that's a very early Metal Men appearance mm-hmm. indeed. I love a Metal Men. But yes, never mind all that. That was the end. It was the end. And a big change of the status quo. The, 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 indeed. For, for, for Adam and Alana. Of course. You know, it's, it's weird. There was I was remember when Adam Strange was used in Starman mm-hmm. very well. Yeah. And there was that climatic flick of a switch and loads of Ranagarian warriors and stuff. Of, that little bit at the end of the contact lens kind of reminded me of that in a way. <laughs> but it was the inverse. Okay, you know, well since I've read it. It yeah. was a flick yeah. of a switch and uh-huh. they were all, you know, and, and then loads of warriors that were flying vanished. Oh, yeah. Sure. That was the first thing that sort of sprung to mind. That was an interesting story. Yeah, it was very twisty turny. Very convoluted Gardner Foxy as well. It's a guy from another dimension. Or is it? Or is it? Yeah, because is, is that just another planet? How much were they lying? Mm-hmm. You know, was that all true or was it not? I mean, it's mm. a, it's on the surface, it's a hero meeting a duplicate of himself from another dimension. Yeah. Which is worth falls, I think, into a remit. Uh-huh. Or someone purporting to be. That's fine. But he's he's, yeah. he's his identical twin, pretty much. So, yeah. You know, some, some clarification on, you know, what the Warlords... You know, hang on, I'm going to have to flick back through and go to the explanation point. We are a group of professional warriors travelling through space, looting planets, so that may all have been a lie then. Yep. No plot to exile Horton Varen to your dimension, it was all a... Yeah. So he was at it. So, yeah, when he was talking about how he... The thing is, they've got the dimensional porter machine. Or is that just a teleporter? They might just call it dimension porter? I don't know. I mean, that would make me think that... It could work either way, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, there Mm -hmm. seems to be some room for interpretation as as to what exactly was going on. And it's weird how Horton Varr just kind of fades out of the story. Yes. He comes out of his little seclusion point. He he pops his head out the door and says, oh, we won't molest you. But there is no final confrontation with Adam sort of punching him out. or Maybe sending him flying backwards into the path of the contact lens or something. And it's a bit convoluted that all 40 of the warriors decided to put on jetpacks to chase Adam Strange. And it was only 40 of them. 40. To take over the whole planet Ran. How to cook for 40 humans. (laughs) Sorry. Simpsons reference there. 440. Yes. I did find it hilarious that when Horton first turned up, the very first thing he said was Katar. K-A-T-E-R, which of course is Hawkman's real name. Is this a Thanagarian agent? Oh, <laughs> hey, is this the early seeds of the Ran Thanagarian War? Could be. Ooh. Could be. Maybe Peter, Peter's maybe having ideas. When we, write, we write our DC we comic. Write, yeah, when we write our DC comic. We'll do the prequel to the Ran Thanagarian War. In the wake of like Adam appearing so well in, in 52 and Countdown and all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff, there was yeah. a whole spate of Ran Thanagar War comics and yeah. stuff, wasn't there? I only read a few of them, I can't lie. I think I, I read them all. I think I picked some of them up and didn't read them. There's Ranthanagar War, there's Ranthanagar Holy War. Yeah. And, and they were all of varying quality and t- absolutely totally forgettable. Yeah. I can't remember. Unfortunately, that that's the trouble. As you'd expect, listeners, I've been putting together an Adam Strange cover gallery mm-hmm. as the for some of the bonus material for this week. Now I'm thinking, can I attempt to put together a Ranthanagar conflict cover gallery as well? Should I? I don't know. We'll see. I'll have a think. We'll, we'll see. see how much time I've got in the next mm-hmm. week or so to see if that can happen. Mm-hmm. Anyway, not to worry. It was nice that we got to do Adam Strange. Without a doubt, yes. And it is the traditional Adam Strange setup of him saving the day every time in this scientifically advanced planet. Yeah. 
Well, it's not actually the planet itself isn't scientifically advanced. It's just that city mm. on the planet mm. because one of the actual aspects of the Strange Adventure series that Tom King did is the fact that there's all these other alien races and stuff and cultures on Ran uh, who they're often in conflict with. Right. Uh, and that was kind of the the backbone of that uh, story yeah. and uh, cover-ups and things been happening with yeah. with that. I had made a start reading that, but I noticed the other night, and I think I messaged you about it, I mm-hmm. don't seem to have issue nine inexplicably. I don't know if it's just been misfiled somewhere. I'll see if I can source one for That'd you. That'd be fun. Because obviously, I was quite interested reading the, the Tom King series because the Michael Holt Mr. Terrific of course. features prominently in it. Mm-hmm. No, it's, a, it's a really interesting series. It's yeah, very good. I read yeah. the first few issues. Uh-huh. It just, it just, and fantastic artwork. Yeah, it just didn't get around to finishing it. But I will. I mean, Tom King seems to be doing quite a lot of this. These comics could especially be for the sort of people that listen yeah. to the Earth 2 podcast type <laughs> yes. audience when he's going to, because he did that Human Target, Just League thing. He's mm-hmm. now doing Danger Street. He did mm-hmm. that Mr. Medical series. He yep. did The Strange Adventures. I'm going to, right, I'm going to idly speculate briefly for a moment. Mm-hmm. Is he going to do something with Prez teaming up with the Losers and. The Earth 2 Huntress and Star Spangle Kid. That sounds more like something we would do. But that's what I just want to say. That's what Tom <laughs> King's been doing. You know, obviously, if I was writing a, an Adam Strange miniseries, mm. I'd bring in Mr. Terrific. Obviously, I'd write an entire series based around First Issue Special. Yeah. Our pal Ross Aitken is doing a, a Danger Street flavoured thread on his Stop Let's Team Up podcast, so you should pay attention to that, listeners. Which we have both appeared on recently. Yeah. Yes. And hopefully, we'll be continuing to pop up on, on that as well. That's obviously Ross's. Opal City Confidential Thread. So if yeah. you're not listening to Stop Let's Team Up, you pure should because Ross is lovely and he loves his stuff and he's the most uncynical, enthusiastic person ever. So you should go and listen to his podcast. It's great. Yes. Prompted me actually the other week. I'm getting totally off, ta- off point here, but <laughs> we just we're going to big up Ross because he begs us up on the socials an awful lot and we're very grateful. Prompted me to dig out and reread the Legion story, the Super Star Lag of Space the other oh, week. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. I'd forgotten about all the other heroes in it that die horribly. Yeah. You know, the blocky yeah. boy who saves right, huh? Marriott Lad and then the boy mm-hmm. that falls into the giant sort of lily pad thing. <gasps> Remember yeah, all that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I totally forgot about all that. Yeah, that's it's right. Fen- huh? It was phenomenal. It was great. Mm-hmm. So, yes, Ross, thanks for the prompt. But anyway, we're going to go back to talking about Adam Strange <laughs> in this story. I do like the idea of the telepathic mentisizers, which is quite handy. They supported menswear at Leeds Cockpit in 1994. <laughs> <laughs> of course they did. Uh, but why is this something that's not used more often? The fact you can communicate telepathically uh, if you put on this headband. Do you think well, that'd be something that's quite handy? Well, do you think it's like that bit in, like we just talked about, we talked about the new Ant-Man movie, that, remember the bit with the guy that can read minds? It's yeah. just like, people are disgusting. Maybe it's just to limit the sort of, maybe it's to to keep people's privacy. Mm. It could be abused very, very nastily, but I suppose it could also lead to some amazing intimacy. Discuss. Anyway. Alana was very passive in this, wasn't she? I haven't read as many Adam Strange stories as I should, but is she always this passive? Uh, just standing around looking? Yeah, yes yeah. and no. Uh, in more recent comics, she's uh, a bit has a bit more to do, shall mm. we say. Mm-hmm. But these are very formulaic, and she's quite often the, the, the damsel. The damsel, yeah. I'm surprised there's hardly any Sardath action in this, because Sardath often drove the plot in these stories. Right. He's literally just in that one panel. He doesn't even get to say anything. Yeah. When Horton Var pops his head out of the, the cupboard yeah. door. Yes, yeah. so to speak. Maybe off camera then he dealt with Horton. Maybe they had a, a fisty cuffs and he sorted them out. I don't think Sardath could no. ever fisty any kind of cuff, I'll be honest. Gosh. <laughs> I mean, that was always the setup of Adam Strange stories was basically how uh, useless this uh, advanced society was and they needed to have a, a smart action man hero from Earth 
to solve all the problems. Yes. Because they're very scientifically advanced, but it was almost like they had no idea how to deal with the constant threats they were under every single month, mm-hmm. From, mm-hmm. whether it's from an alien invasion, whether it's from these raiders, whether it's from a strange tribe attacking them, basically, or a weather phenomenon sometimes, because the obviously the tornado tyrants, of course, originated on Ran, mm-hmm. uh, who then became a big part of the Red Tornado mythos. Yeah. So they were scientifically advanced, but they were all utterly useless at, <laughs> at uh, dealing with any of these things on their own. They had to wait to get Space Indiana Jones in. Yeah, yeah, to... <laughs> yeah of course. Hey, I mean, I wonder if Ross Geller was an Adam Strange fan. <laughs> You've been watching far too much Friends. I have. Late, so. I have. I'm on to season 10 again for the third time in like five or six months. Gosh. Because weird listeners, the only Friends series I had on DVD was, was series nine. So I've been, Facebook have been showing me lots of little Friends clips. Mm-hmm. So I started watching season nine. And then I went into CEX, the Complete Entertainment Exchange, and bought series 10 and a few others. So I finished season 10 and then went back and thought, I've, I saw the first few series too many times. So I went back to series five. And started watching from there all the way through. And I thought, do you know what? I should go back to the beginning. So I went and bought the first four series. So I'm now completing my third viewing of Friends Season 10. And there's not quite as many months, but in the last Uh few months. And it's been very interesting watching the whole development of it all. And listeners, I'm going to stop talking about this now because we're getting on far too many tangents today. And Peter has to edit all this. It's not fair. (laughs) So... We should big up Carmine's artwork because there was some gorgeous stuff yeah, scattered throughout casually. That page, page 13 you were talking about, mm-hmm. which has got the arrows directing the action. The weird thing is, these days, that's how we read comics. You wouldn't need arrows yeah, uh, to tell you that. But yeah. it's, you're absolutely right as to how the eye is directed and mm-hmm. how the action progresses. And you've just mostly got these figures in the background. It's mostly open space, but it totally makes you read the story the way it should be read. Yes. It's totally hypes up the storytelling it completely builds up the tension and it does feel like a countdown the way it's all played out it does feel like it's a countdown to something which is very exciting mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that sunrise panel that you pointed out is is phenomenal it's beautiful yes, it lovely nice. inks and great color on it as well it's very 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 nice indeed mm-hmm. i'm still baffled at the way horton var just disappears <laughs> it's not involved in he the was climax dead, but not dead or the resolution of the story at all especially because yeah. the whole story is the spaceman who fought himself and is built around that whole mm-hmm. you know, it's in the cover for crying out loud yeah oh oh well yeah i found it quite interesting that these planetary plunderers uh, once they actually arrive on on ran they quickly adopt the Ranagarian soldiers or police outfits yes and strap on their jetpacks they can fly about no bother with these jetpacks on yeah no training required they're very user-friendly these jetpacks yeah <laughs> when the, the white and blue maybe uh-huh. that's well i suppose that if they are plundering and pirating that's that's what they're going to do and yeah. they're just going to grab what they find and, and go with it and it's also interesting that ran goes from having no moon to full moon within a couple of days i know that was a bit uh, odd. Maybe maybe the lunar cycle is particularly odd and ran. Yeah. I mean, we must say, you know, Adam was stranded for two days without food and water on that planet, struggling. That's true. And then he got back to Earth, and then it was a, a week or so for him to actually deal with the situation and build the fuel cell and get back and work out his plan. Mm-hmm. So that's a long time on run for them to be under this occupation. Yeah, this is true. I mean... I wonder if maybe Adam has little food packs in his harnesses and belts and stuff. You would I think. Know. I would you hope would so. But it did say without food or water. Yeah, so, I know. Yeah. Gosh. Oh, dear. Mm, bleak. Mm. That obviously leads us to the genius idea that he had just about holding on to the 
yeah. dementia port they could take it with he, them. He could feel the, the beam wear off, just grab hold of this. So does that work with if he's holding on to other things? I'm sure there must be there must, must, do. Yeah. There must be issues where he's giving Alana a hug or something and he fades mm-hmm. out from her arms or something. That's maybe inanimate objects. I don't yeah, know. It could be. Interesting. In Are we case, gonna have to do a dedicated Adam Strange podcast after we do our Dial H for Hero podcast and Challenges of the Unknown podcasts? Hmm. Is it an Adam Strange podcast? I have no idea. I have no I've, idea either. I've listeners, not come across one. Listeners, if there is one that you know of and you, you'd recommend, let us know. Mm. You know, when I watched the scene in Star Trek Into Darkness where Kirk and Khan are flying through space in their rocket packs with their yes. visors on, yes. that just made me shout, that's an Adam Strange movie. They yes. could do an Adam Strange movie. Yes. It'd be fantastic. And of course, just like that. Adam was used in that Krypton TV series, wasn't he? Yeah, I only ever watched the first episode. I haven't it. seen so, any of it. So I have no idea if he was used effectively or not, but I got the sense he was in it quite a bit. Yeah, I wasn't usually impressed with his appearance in the first episode and it just kind of dropped off. Was he not the focus sort of character of it, him discovering Krypton or something? I I can't even remember, to be honest. I really, I was really sadly underwhelmed by it. Yeah, I haven't seen it at all, so IDK. Listeners, Mm. do you have thoughts on on how Adam Strange was used in the Krypton TV series? Let us know. That would be cool. Yes. So we're going to look at the contemporary correspondence now, obviously because this story is originally from Mystery in Space. We're now looking at the letters column from Mystery in Space, issue 77. The first letter, we're not really going to read read it. He just basically, the correspondent, Roger Mann, who I think we've had letters from before, he talks mm. about the change in Adam's status quo, which the story presented, so that was nice. Second letter is just a letter of broad comment. But I'll read you the third letter, because it at least has some pertinent content to the story. Dear Editor, I must congratulate you on one of the finest issues you have yet put out, the March 1962 Mystery in Space. The battle scenes between Adam and Horton Var and the scenes depicting Adam trapped on the dead planet of Marigal are the best in the book. The thing I liked best about the story, however, was the idea of Alana despairing, thinking that even Adam couldn't possibly save herself or her people. Okay, that's from John Santino Jr., 52 Woodward Road, West Roxbury, 32, Massachusetts. The thing John likes best is the thought of Alana despairing. Yeah. John, you have some issues, I think. Maybe it was just the the depth it gave the story that he was impressed by. Mm, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt from 60 years fair later. Enough, fair enough. And that's really the only letter in Mystery in Space that uh, covers that story. Yeah, disappointing after all that build-up. <laughs> yes. So there only really is one letter of comment in Mystery in Space. However, if we skip ahead to Strange Adventures 236... That has some letters in it regarding the reprint. Interestingly enough, the reprint Adam Strange story in this issue is called Challenge of the Rival Starman, Mm. which sounds a lot more interesting than it is. Yes. Because it's nothing to do with Starman or any sort of legacy character there. It's literally just another space guy. That would have been, we we would have blown up the world if we actually, (laughs) I'll tell Ross about that anyway in case he wants to do it as an an adjacent. Mm. So yeah, let's page from Strange Adventures 236. So we're going to read an excerpt from the first letter in this letter column, Spotlight on Strange Adventures. And it says, Dear Editor, well, Strange Adventures number 234 hit the stands last week. Would you like to hear what I think of it? Well, you're going to hear about it anyway. I've already stamped and addressed the envelope and it's not going to waste. He then goes on to talk about the other stories in the issue and then says, Finally, the Adam Strange Adventure was great. What a team. Fox plus Infantino Anderson. Well, I've been ignoring the artwork in the rest of this issue. Not bad, but not interesting. I can't leave it out here. Every panel is a masterpiece. Each one conveying its own mood, be it action, contemplation, or 
whatever. And to think, it's all merely layout, sketching, drawing, inking and colouring. Merely! Overall, one low point, but mostly good. I'll give you an A-, minus, and that's from Bob Abrams from Regio Park, New York. And the devastating editorial response from Julie Schwartz here is, except for the one critic above, no one else bothered to send in story evaluations on essay number oh, 234. Gosh. Actually, there were a few, none of which merited the attention or interest of you fans. Accordingly, for the remainder of this column, we shall delve into more general sci-fi matters, and that's it. Not an awful lot of contemporary correspondence after all, but not to worry. That does not stop you from corresponding with us, telling us what you think of this story and indeed our coverage of it. And Adam Strange in general, I suppose. Yes. You can email us at theearth2podcast at gmail.com. Make sure you follow us on social media because we've got lots of lovely bonus content planned for this week for all you lovely listeners. On Facebook and Instagram, we're at the Earth 2 Podcast and on Twitter, we're at podcast underscore Earth 2. And it's the number two for all our social media. If you're feeling generous, you go to wherever it is you receive your podcast and leave us a positive review. That'd be nice. If you're feeling more generous, you can go to our coffee page and buy Peter the price of a beverage. We have some more flashback episodes planned for this year, listeners, Mm -hmm. or more dipping back into the archives and breaking up the the chronology. And one of them might be along sooner than you expect. Yes. Interesting. Mm -hmm. On that bombshell. Yes, I've been Peter. I've been David. Thank you for listening. We'll see you again very soon on The The Earth 2 2 Podcast. Transmatter cube activated. Return coordinates set for Earth Prime. And one of them, who looks very much like the actor George Baker, is saying, why did I say that? (laughs) The celebration in Adam Strange's honour tonight can't have 200 guests. Two honoured guests. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been a really good outtake of Andrew's swarm so strongly. (laughs) You treated me well, so you people will not be molested. Your people. Okay. That's quite quite a difference. (laughs) (laughs) Outtake-a-rama. Yes, we see Adam and Alana standing. There's a big vault. Vault? Not vault. Vat, yes. <laughs> Maybe they keep their vat in the vault. Yeah, it's a good place <laughs> Where to do keep you keep it. your vat. Which volume of the encyclopedia are you working through at the moment, David? Is it the letter V? <laughs> David, try and do this less badly. Do it more better. This is a lovely, moody and exciting panel, which might make it into the socials again. Adam's flying towards the sunset, basically. It's Sunrise. Sorry. Because obviously it's nice. I know, I know, I know, I know. I just hadn't even realised because, right. Adam's basically flying towards the sunrise. No, I'm gonna, I was oh. going to say it again. I couldn't, I was, that's why I was okay. looking to you because I was about to say, okay. So I'm saying sunrise. 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 Early, early in the morning. morning. Legopolis. 